This is Kyle here. I am here with Tom. Ed is, where is Ed right now? Uh, he's out shaking his cane at someone in the streets for a uh, blasting future. <laughs> yep. I actually <laughs> just woke up from a nap. Tom was uh, messaging me every like five minutes saying, do you want to do a podcast? Do you want to do a podcast? And I woke up to like 50 text messages, but I'm like, it's true. We haven't done it in a podcast in a minute. So uh, I think right now is the perfect time to be doing one. Um, we're, we are back. Uh, R&B has been quiet. Well, it hasn't been quiet because we've seen some pretty good releases like Tedra Moses album came out. Um, Tom, what did you think of the Tedra album? Because I know Tedra is your girl. It was some uh, shout out to Tedra Moses. She's a big supporter of, you know, I Got Soul. Finally released her sophomore album, Cognac in Conversation. Really good album. It's like one of those you have to live with. Like, just like her first album. You live with it. It grows on you. And it, I felt like it was some, a, a great body of work. We did a good review on it. You check that out. And then another album that came out recently. And this one, you know, um, a lot of R&B fans haven't really followed her too much, but I think on this album they started paying attention to her, and that's Jordan Sparks. Of course, we know her from her work with American Idol, stuff like that. But there's a record on that album, and I think everyone should check it out. It's produced by Babyface, Salam Remy, and co-written by them as well as Jordan Sparks. It's the song They Don't Give. Tom, what do you think about that song? I think we all agree it's one of the best R&B songs we've heard this year, so... That's great. I think most of her other work is more in the pop lane, which I think is where she belongs. But she, she's versatile. She could switch over to R&B, and I expected that when she hooked up with Salam Remy. Yeah, and I know a lot of fans on Facebook were, you know, I saw comments from them where they were like, you know, I was waiting for uh, Jordan to do something like this because uh, she is capable of it. She has a great voice. So um, her album came out last week going to be interesting to see what her sales look like. She's no longer on a machine like she was in the past. Um, and, you know, the American Idol brand isn't what it was. So it'll be interesting to see how much she sells first week. Um, quickly, another artist that just came out with a new single was Tank. Song features Wale. Tank is currently working on his new album, um, Sex, Love, Sex, and Pain. Sex, Love, and Pain, uh, part two. Um, Tom, you know, we've talked about part one. Do you think Tank can really duplicate what he did on part one for this part two project? Um, I think it's possible. I mean, I, I wish he would hook up with the underdogs again. I think that would make it even more possible. The actual, for those who don't know, there was an actual Sex, Love, and Pain part two. It was called The All Night Experience that was supposed to come out after the first one. And I think the whole thing leaked, and it got scrapped eventually. And we heard some great songs from it that have leaked. Would have loved to hear that body of work as a whole, but Tank can do it. He's still got the talent. I know he doesn't write as much as he used to, but it's possible. I do want to say, though, another release that released, that came out, uh, JoJo, she put out three new singles, or as we call it, Tringle. I was, I don't want to say disappointed, but I, you know, she went the pop lane, straight up pop with all three. The label's pushing her into the pop lane, and I think that's fine for her. As an R&B fan, I was just hoping for something more R&B uh, in that lane because she's done it in the past successfully, but I'm happy for her regardless. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, with her, I think, I mean, she's been gone for a long time, and I think when Atlanta took a, Atlantic took a shot at her, 
they viewed her as, you know, someone who can make an impact on pop, which she probably will. Um, all three of her singles, um, she sounds great on them vocally. And the one that's being pushed to radio, I can hear that on the radio. Might not be really something that I would listen to on a daily basis, but I understand why they did it. Um, but like you said, JoJo has also done some R&B in this and I think we really need that to be showcased on this upcoming project of hers because, you know, this pop R&B lane that's happening right now, like I've said, it's not really a thing. I mean, you have a few that are doing it, and I think JoJo is one that does do it really well. And um, it's also really surprising to see how many fans of JoJo we have on the website and just fans of JoJo from an R&B perspective because when she came out, she was just this pop artist with, you know, R&B with an, with an R&B sound, but it wasn't all the way R&B. And it's just really cool to see that when she came back, she got the support and love. The JoJo fans, shout out to them. They've been patiently waiting. You know, a lot of them follow us because we've supported JoJo and like they've just been there. So it's cool to see that the support is still there. Um, yeah, that's crazy. It's been so give a long time. A couple other shout outs to albums coming out. We got R. Kelly coming out in September. I think his album is called Buffet. It'll be interesting to see what that's going to be. We've got Avant coming out with his eighth album. It's called The Eight. Looking forward to that one. Jaheim will be coming out, I think, sometime later this year. So hopefully that's another good one. Uh, it's been a little quiet other than that, though. So what are, are we expecting any other albums to drop this year? Right, I actually just posted it on Instagram. Mario, who who's actually one of my personal favorite artists, really to see him back. He's dropping his new album, Never Too Late, I think in late November. He just put out a new single with Rick Ross. Um, for those who don't know, Mario has linked up with Scott Storch, the one-time mega producer. Um, he's executive producing Mario's entire album. Um, they worked on Let Me Love You, um, which is, of course, one of the biggest songs of the 2000s. Shout out to Neo for writing that record. Um, they're getting back in the studio to, you know, create an album that's going to be coming out in November. Uh, I just heard Mario's new single. With, and you know what, Tom? I think Mario can do better. I don't think that was, you know, I'm kind of disappointed because as a personal Mario fan, I know he can do better. I don't know if this is the single that's going to really make it happen know, for him. I know where you're leading me on this one. But before we go there, hold on. Oh, your, your boy Omarion is putting out an album too, which is a surprise. It's been less than a year since his last one came out. So yeah, what do you expect from that one? Well, you know what? I think I think his last one was only a digital release. Uh, not quite sure why they did it like that. But I think the perspective of everything changed when uh, Post to Be, the song with Chris Brown and Janine Aiko, when that blew up, I think it made people pay attention to Omarion again. Not saying people didn't pay attention to him before, but Post to Be is a... Uh, that was like number one on urban, rhythmic, and it also hip hop radio. So I think that gave him a second push. And um, I mean, you got to go straight back to the studio and put out something. I mean, that's traditionally something that people didn't used to do. They would wait on it. But in today's age, you got to get, get whatever momentum you can and just keep going. And, um, you know, it's been less than a year. So um, hopefully this time around, he gets to actually put out the CD, you know, a physical copy of it, and it gets pushed. Now, back to the Mario thing, which is interesting, is uh, artists from your generation are having a problem now trying to find where they fit in because, like me and you have discussed all the time, 
there's no radio format that really fits that demographic anymore. You've got hip hop radio and you've got adult R and B radio. But then you have all these artists right. who are in their late twenties, early thirties. They're not making those hip hop turn up songs, but they're also not making music for the grown folks. So where do they fit in? And I think that's causing exactly. a lot. The problem with that is it's causing a lot of artists to lose their identity because they're trying to force a sound. They can't be themselves. And it's like they're trying to copy what's popular just so they can get their name out there. I mean, no offense to Omarion, but he did exactly that. He hooked up with Mustard, kind of made the lyrics a little dumbed down. Because we know Omarion's capable of a lot more. His debut album was a lot more grown than the music he's making now. So it's like he's kind of following the trends. I mean, we're still Omarion supporters, but that's just the way it is. And Mario, I think he's having a problem now. Like, Let Me Love You was such a grown record when he was young. And now, as he's gotten older, his lyrics have gotten younger, which is kind of backwards if you think about it. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's not really a solution right now, unfortunately. Um, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, it, it bothers me as an R&B lover to see artists lose their creativity. And, you know, I, I love to hear artists go in the studio and make what matters to them, make music that comes from inside of them. Unfortunately, in, in, in the age we're in, we, we don't get that as much anymore. So it's you see artists like Mario, you just said um, you weren't too big on a single, but, you know, he's he's trying to, to fit in where he can, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting because, Tom, you and I both have had a lot of, you know, time spent on booking shows and just, you know, being a part of shows, whether it's covering the event or, you know, being a part of the operations. Um, some of the artists from your generation and I mean, when I mean generation, I mean every five years or so, if that's right. Um, people that came up, when you came up, people like Avant, people like Donnell Jones, Joe to an extent, um, they're still getting shows. People are still booking them for, show, for shows for songs that they did back in the late 90s, early 2000s. They're still able to play at venues. But people from my generation, the Omarions, the, the Lloyds, the Marios, even people like Ashanti, who was massive at one point, they're not getting the same bookings. A lot of them are being uh, are performing at clubs, at nightclubs and stuff like that. Do you think, you know, why is that? It, you know, the 90s of R&B was a whole different thing because R&B was pop back then. It was played on pop radio. So, and not only that, but these artists were making yeah. timeless songs. Could you ever, could you really say that Omarion, and this is not a diss, but Omarion made timeless R&B songs that the masses know about. Like I, I'm just saying, like I think that yeah. he's a product of the generation he came out in. Now, "Let Me Love You" is a timeless song. I don't know if Mario, the, the rest of his body of work, lived up to that. You know, in terms of like, how can you you match someone like Mario with "Boys to Men"? Every song they put out was becoming a massive pop hit, and as a result, they'll be yeah. booked forever. They're known around the world people still want to hear those songs performed forever. So it's like, yeah. it's just, it, it's, it's really not a fair comparison. It's just the way that, in my opinion, that things change over the years. And, you know, radio really changes everything. The trends changed. And like, I think about this new generation that's out now. Are there any timeless songs? Are these people ever going to have a lasting impact in music? Are they going to have longevity? And I, it seems like the answer is no. I really don't know. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. what, how do you feel? 
I mean, I think it's it's a continual trend where, you know, with each generation, the longevity is not going to be as much as the previous one. I think some of that has to do with just how the industry has changed. Um, you know, I, I think I look at, you know, when hip hop and R&B were really dominating in the mid 2000s, early 2000s, I think it was a good business opportunity for major labels to invest on signing different artists that sounded like some of the artists that were working at the time, like the Ushers and, you know, the Beyonce's. Um, so with that all being said, I think that created a situation where there was just too much music coming in at once. Because I don't, you probably remember back in the day where there would be a new artist coming out every while, beat by Dark Child or a beat by B. Cox, and they only really lasted one or two singles, and then you would put out their album, and you would never hear from, the, from them again, so I think some of that has to do with, you know, how fast everything goes now. But another part of it is just today's generation. Not a lot of artists are, you know, not a lot of the pop popular artists are, are creating music with substance. And with that said, it's it's going to be tough for them to sustain any longevity. Yeah, but you, you just made me think of something I saw recently. I told you about this. We don't have we don't have much loyalty anymore from the fans, from the consumer. Yeah. Like we used yeah. to have diehard fans. And now it's like everyone, like I saw this Instagram post from Avant. He said, my album's available for pre-order tomorrow. You know, go check that out. You know, back in the day, you couldn't, you couldn't listen to an album before you bought it. You just supported your favorite yeah. artist. You bought the album when it came out. And I saw a fan comment on his, on his Instagram post and said, oh, let us, let us hear some samples first. And that just made me think like, geez, like, is, is that where we're at? If, if you're following Avant and you're a true fan, are you really not going to go and support him when the album comes out? Like, spend your 10 bucks? Right. Like, I think we're just in a time when, I mean, I know this is a bit of a tangent, but it's like consumers have, have changed the way they view music. I think, like, people expect stuff for free now. People want to stream stuff now. People want to, you know, be able to hear everything first. It's like, it's crazy. It's like, yeah. I don't even know if we have true fans anymore. You see a lot of people on Instagram and Twitter. They think they're famous themselves or they're trying to be artists themselves. No, no offense yep. to some artists and out, who are out there doing their thing, but like I, I feel like a lot of people are just more entitled these days. You know, there's no unconditional like love for artists like there used to be. Um, well, let me ask you this, then, Tom. Do you think people still love like they did before? I mean, is it, like. I don't know. It's like you hear so many people saying there's no good, there's no good music anymore, or there's no good R and B being made anymore. But then you, you see some of the album sales that come in. It's like, well, why aren't you supporting like the artists that are making good music? You know, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> don't get me started on this topic because it's like we work so hard day day in day out to support these artists, to spread the word, to get the word out, help you know let people know that these albums are coming out and. And it seems like sometimes it's not enough for people, you know. It's like, what, you know, what do they really want? They they want the music for free. You know, these artists do this for a living. They need the support. We were just talking to Avant recently, and after we interviewed him, he he took us aside and it was talking about how he's been here making real music, and he he really needs the support from the people. He's got he sold a million albums before. So he doesn't feel like there's any reason he can't sell a million albums again. I mean, what what's really changed? You know, like people won't take a chance on him anymore. 
you know, it's just stuff like that. I mean, people seem to love R&B, but they just seem to not to have the urgency to purchase it or support it like they did in the past. That's my opinion. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. And um, I think that goes back to your point with the new generation where they're forced to create songs that are trendy. And it's unfortunate because, you know, I, I hate to bring him back up, but like someone like Mario, who, you know, he's capable vocally of doing a lot more. But he's stuck in that lane where I don't think he wants to personally go into that urban AC lane because that's something that he just never of because he came in the game when he was so young. But he might be a little too old to be turning up with the Fetty Wops of the world. So he's stuck in that awkward position where he has to make something that's young enough for the fans, but he also has to make something with substance. And that's a really hard thing to do. I don't think there's many people that can do that. Man, if, if if Ed was here right now, his response would be, "Man, what is a Fetty Wap?" <laughs> <laughs> that was dead on. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> but um, I want to take this time. I mean, this is without Ed here, we can't really be debating and yelling about things. But I wanted to take this time. You know, you had talking about having an opportunity to speak with Avant, and Mario is actually someone that you know I've had a chance to speak with as well. And throughout our entire, you know, I got a soul journey, we've been able to meet a lot of different artists, which, you know, is is a blessing in itself. But we've also been able to connect with these artists on a personal level to where, you know, they tell us that they, they thank us for our support and, you know, some other people that we can really just consider friends. So, uh, Tom, who's the first person that comes to mind when you think of a, you know, I got soul supporter as far as an artist? I've got to I've got to say music soul child first. He just performed yep. his Purple Wonderlove project at our Soul Village show, which was epic. But it's just, I mean, he's an, he's an artist who goes against what we're talking about here. He's not trying to follow trends. He's saying, let me do what I feel and make the music I care about. And that's what he's doing with the Purple Wonderlove project. But as a, that's a side note. But he's always showing us love. He realized, see, he grants us interviews. He doesn't like doing interviews. And he granted you an interview in Vancouver. Because he knows we care about him yep. and care about his career, which I think is really cool. And he'll always yep. do whatever he can to show us love. He, he flew us down to Atlanta to cover him and do a feature with him, which came out really well. You probably all saw on the site, we turned our site purple, which was cool for a week. And like people like that, they really respect what we do, which I think is really cool. And talk about when he was out there in Vancouver. Yeah, when he was out. Actually, the funny story is this is probably like two weeks after you had just gone to Atlanta and done that whole feature. And I came to you and I was like, you know what? I want to do an interview with Music Soul Child. And you were just like, why? We just did one. We just did a massive feature on him two weeks ago. I don't think he's going to want to do it. But I was like, you know, it's always good. You know, we have Music Soul Child fans and content's always good. So um, reached out to the manager and they're like, yeah, cool. No problem. Which is kind of weird because I didn't think they would do it. But when, you know, I got to meet music and his manager, it was all love. And even on camera, he was just like, you know, if it was any other publication or any other website, I wouldn't have done the interview because I'm so done with being a celebrity. I'm so done with meet the media, but since it's you guys, why not? So that was really cool. And, you know, we chatted for a bit and he just really thanked us for our support. And it's stuff like that. That's really cool. And, um, I mean, it's it's probably a little different now, but back in the day, if you met a celebrity, it would be the biggest thing in the world, and I think it still is for us. We get geeked out when we meet these artists, but 
I think now we realize that they're just people like us and they're just trying to make a living. And, you know, the only difference is that they're super creative in, in the way that they, you know, make music and live. Right. And that makes me think of another artist who we both had a chance to meet, Bobby Valentino, Bobby B. Uh, he's he's always shown us love since like the beginning of the site. We've been big supporters. And like every chance he gets, he, he shows us love, which is awesome. I think he's so grateful for our support. And like he's just so humble about it. He knows the importance that, you know, I Got Soul makes his career. And he always takes the time to let us know, including his manager, which is really cool. So he was out there in Vancouver and you got a chance to meet him. How was that? Yeah, that was really cool as well. I mean, you know what? I think a lot of the foundation was obviously laid by you. But, I mean, these artists, they, they love the fact that we show out and support. Um, you know, we go out of our ways to do, you know, things to make it happen for the readers out there, like, you know, I, I'm sure you and I can both speak for it. We've traveled long miles and we've sat there for a long time to wait for these interviews. But when we get it done, we, we they do show us appreciation because they understand how, how, how hard it is for us to wait for them. And of course, them being artists, they, they live a certain lifestyle. And uh, a lot of them are never on time. But I mean, they do sh show that support. They do show that love. And Bobby V is no exception. A funny story, actually. And this is kind of unrelated, but it's it's more recent, and I think it should really be brought up. Is uh, Nicki Minaj came on came to Vancouver for her tour, I think about two weeks ago, and Tanache was actually having a meet and greet at a store, a clothing store, and I just happened to be in the area. I really had no intentions of going, but um, at that time I was wearing my you know I got soul T-shirt, which by the way, we're talking about um, a situation where we're going to try to. Uh, get those t-shirts to the fans who might be interested in wearing them. Uh, trying to figure that out right now because we've had a lot of people asking about it. But, you know, we saw Tanache at that meet and greet. And, you know, I just went up. I said hi to her. She asked my, for my name. And I just told her, you know, we're from, you know, I got soul. You know, we're huge supporters of you. And instantly she remembered who we were. And uh, she even signed something to us. And I think I posted it on our Facebook. And she just thanked us for her support. So it's just really cool to see that these people remember us because, you know, people like Tanashi, she's pretty much about to blow up in the pop world, yet she still remembers little blogs like us. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I remember the, the last interview I did with her. It was right when the Blackwater out, uh, EP or mixtape came out. Uh, they invited us to come to her hotel room and interview her in New York City when she was in town doing press. And I, I remember how excited she was about the project, but she, not only about the project, but because she knew we were real supporters of her music. We have been supporting since she put out the Reverie album and, and continued. We did an interview with her back then, too. So she remembered us then. And, um, yeah, it's just cool to see stuff like that. You know, she, and, and it was cool that when you went there, she remembered. So another artist I've got to bring up, though, and I know you haven't had a chance to meet him yet. It, but you will when you book him, is John B. And then we have a lot of John B. fans on the site. Now, John B. is, like, probably one of the coolest guys ever, like, of an artist. You think this dude is, like, just, he's so down to earth that you'd be surprised. And I think that's so cool that someone could be that humble. And this guy's had so many hits. So he always shows, you know, I got soul love. Whenever we need something, you know, he's there to do a feature or interview or whatever. So I definitely got to include him. Another one is um is RRL. 
And I remember the first interview I did with him was like first right when the site opened back in like 2009. He agreed to do an interview on the phone. Eventually we met him. He, he was humble every time. Like he, he took us in as family, really showed a lot of love to us. And like we've been huge supporters ever since. He did our Soul Village show in May. Brought out Naughty by Nature. That was an epic moment for the show. So like he's he's just someone who really you know appreciates us and we respect him for that. Um, who who else have you had? Wait, there to? is an art. Yeah. Well, hold on. There is an artist that um we've both interviewed multiple times, and it's a really funny story. And um, every time we interview genuine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I know we have a lot of genuine fans here, so uh, but every time we interview genuine. He knows us, but he doesn't really quite remember us. So it's funny when he sees us, he has that reaction where he's like, you know, I think I know you, but I don't remember your name. <laughs> it's just funny because we've interviewed him like, what, seven times now? Something like that. And you played the tape. After you, played the, you played some song for him. Yep. I played. So hopefully the next time I see him, he'll recognize me. But. Uh, no, but Genuine's another one that does show us support. It just takes him a little minute to process who we are. <laughs> <Come on, man. laughs> but it's all good. Uh, yeah. I've, yeah, I've met Genuine a few times. He's a cool guy. I mean, you never – the thing about artists is you can never expect them to remember you. Because I mean, if you run into them once a year, they, they encounter so many people all across the world. It's yeah. like you never know. But, I mean, another one I just thought of, Lettucey. Like yeah. when when we just saw her down in uh, New Orleans this year at Essence Festival, man, she she was she thanked us so much for the support, and she she encouraged us to not stop with the site and keep it going, which I thought was awesome. Like she she was like, "We need you guys," and I thought that was really cool. Like that was a cool moment. Um, trying to think of who else comes to mind. We've done we yeah, I think our most interviewed artist is probably Tank. Yeah, and of course, Tank Tank shows us love. We've met him a whole bunch of times. You got a compliment from Tyrese recently. Yeah, shout out to Tyrese. Um, he's not a guy that does a lot of media press, so um, just a little bit of insider information. I don't even know if I'm supposed to be sharing this, but how, how Tyrese usually does his press, you know, junket is instead of setting up individual interviews with different publications, different websites, what Tyrese does is that he just sets up a huge conference call and with like different, like 15 different outlets, and each person gets to ask him a question, which, you know, Tyrese is a busy guy, so I totally understand why he would do it like that. Um, and I've been on a couple of these already, and I always try to think of a question that is meaningful because, you know, no, no offense to the other websites who are asking the question but you guys have to do better with your questions <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry are you drunk right now <laughs> i just woke up so oh, okay that's fine yeah. so um but i always try to ask him something that's meaningful like something music related and uh it's gotten to the point where he knows us like every time i tell him you know i'm kyle from you know i got so he just tells us how big of a fan he is and that that's awesome it is yeah, I mean, we're not clearly looking for, you know, acceptance from artists or, you know, any type of notoriety, but it's just really awesome to see. Like, Tom, you can agree with me, and I hope everyone listening gets an opportunity to do this where they're able to, to just chat with their favorite artists. Like, I had an opportunity to meet Mario back in March, 
after the interview, and we did a great interview with him to talk about his future, future stuff, but as a fan, I had so many questions for him, and, you know, he was really appreciative of the fact that, you know, I knew about him and knew all about his music, and those are the moments that I hope everyone gets to experience. Another one that comes to mind um, is Joe. Now, yep. Joe, I've met him a, a bunch of times. You haven't had a chance to meet him yet, but he's just like the humblest for a star, you know, for someone in his position who's had so many hits. He's just so humble, like in the same mold as John B. Like, a, I'll never forget the times Joe went out of his way to, like, just thank us and, and like, even have a conversation with us off the camera. Like, just show his appreciation. And, like, to us, that stuff means a lot because you don't always get that stuff. You know, uh, Neo, I'll never forget the first time I met him. He, he, he went out of his way to introduce himself to us when he entered the room and, and then said, you know, it was good meeting you when he left the room. Like, you, you never get that stuff. That's so rare. Like, another one is Raheem Devon. He's gotten to know us over the years. He's a big um, supportive, you know, I got soul and appreciative of what we do. But Raheem is just an artist who gets it. Um, I want to bring a producer up right now. Your boy Brian Michael Cox, and we—you just—you just met him for the first time down in Essence. Tell him about that. <laughs> the experience or just meeting him? <laughs> How we bumped just, into him. So I met Brian Michael Cox for the first time in Essence back in July, and like I said, he's one of my favorite producers of all time. He, you know, Brian Michael Cox has done so much for Usher, for Mariah, for Mary. And uh, he knows we're supporters. Tom, you've met him twice, so clearly he knows we're supporters. And uh, it was just cool to meet, get to meet the guy. And it's really funny. Uh, we always have these weird stories that happen in essence. Uh, remember when we met Daly? Daly. He walked in the wrong door. He was watching the show, looking for a bathroom, and he found the press room. <laughs> he found the press room and was forced to do interviews. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but with Brian Michael Cox, we had just finished, um, you know, doing our job in the press room. We had, you know, interviewed people. We're about to leave. We're tired. And right when we step out, here comes Brian Michael Cox yelling. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And then he, we see him. He sees us. And it's just this quick encounter. And it was nothing but love. And he also in, uh, invited us to a after party that him and Nelly were having. Um, Tom and I, we don't go out that late, so we went back home we don't to the turn. hotel. We don't, we don't turn, turn up. We, don't turn. <laughs> we go on Bourbon Street to turn up. But, um, yeah, that was really cool, too, uh, getting a chance to meet B. Cox. But it, it's different. The producers, they all love us. Because <laughs> there's not many outlets out there who even – every producer we can, we mention them when they produce a song. New music, Usher, whatever. Produced by Brian Michael Cox. You make it a point because the producers are so important. They don't always get the love. So we like to do that. Eric Roberson, of course. I mean, if you don't know Eric Roberson, you need to look him up. He hosts the Soul Village show, but he's a big supporter. You know, I got soul. He even told me one time he has it bookmarked. So Eric Benet is another one. Um, I just remember the last time we ran into him and interviewed him. He was really impressed with the growth of, you know, I got soul. He was paying attention and noticed how far we've come, which I thought was awesome. Seven Streeter. Every time we run into her, we've been supporting her since she signed with Atlantic. And even when she was a rich girl and she's so appreciative 
every time we see her for the support we give her. Um, I was saying Eric Roberson. You now he hosts our Soul Village show, but and he even gave me he even said he has our site bookmarked, which I thought was pretty cool. It's in his yep. favorites on Internet Explorer. That's a that's a good thing. But Eric Roberson is he's so cool. If yeah. you haven't had a chance to see him live, you got to see him. Now, I want to ask Wait, you about two people. I, I just forgot, I forgot a great story um, that we that we okay. had uh, regarding Seven. This was at the Essence Festival two years ago when Beyonce was headlining it. Oh. I remember when we when we stepped out just to take a quick peek at Beyonce's show. There was Seven Streeter just standing there by herself. Was it was it Beyonce or was it Mary? No, pretty. No, it was it was um Beyonce. Or no, it was Prince. It was Prince. Was it? Yeah, it was Prince. It was Prince. I don't know. Okay, well, she was out there admiring Prince, standing by herself, and uh, you know, we we you know quickly tapped her on the shoulder and just to say hi. And mind you, she's watching Prince, and I'm sure any of you guys listening right now, if if you're choosing between the purple rain guy himself versus us, you'd probably just not even turn your head and just continue watching. But she took the time to turn around, quickly chat with us, and that was really cool too. Is that you know, because I'd probably just continue watching Prince. <laughs> I want to shout out two of your friends, your personal friends. Okay. Uh, Benjamin Bush and uh, Smokey Diglera. Juwan Peacock. <laughs> Otherwise and, known as uh, Playa. Yep. Now, those guys, they've been, they've been rocking with us since before day one. Before day one. Well, like, shout outs to Smokey. Um, you know, he used to, anytime you would send him a YouTube message or a Facebook message, whether it was one question or 30, like we used to ask, he would take the time to answer all of them for us and they would actually be answers. They wouldn't be one word of responses. And I, I'll never forget when I first met Benjamin Bush, AKA black from Playa down in, uh, Louisville. It was like 3 AM, you know, we were at the bar, he was drunk. He went on like an epic rant. And I think he touched on some deep issues of why R&B needs the support or something. But it was a moment. That's all I know about it. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, we've, <laughs> we've had an opportunity to meet a lot of cool artists. Wait, um, I've got one more. Yep. Carl Thomas. Now, Carl Thomas, I'll never forget this. The first time I interviewed him in 2010 on the phone. He was literally browsing the site while he was on the you know on the call for the interview, and like he started asking me questions about some of the stuff we posted about him. I thought that was pretty cool. Good guy though. I, you know we always support Carl Thomas. Yep, definitely. So don't want to spend too much time just reflecting back on the site because I think some people right now are probably bored out out of their minds. So to uh. Um, flip it and you know with Ed not here we don't want to give away too much so I promise you our next podcast will be the next will be the most amazing thing ever uh, let's do a, um, a album look back at an album that we thought was great and um, Tom do you have an album in mind or should I bring one up you have one in mind uh, sort of but if you have one I'd definitely love to hear it no, I, don't, I don't have anything let's go with um. All right. How about this one? This one's kind of I got interesting. It. I got it. I got it. I got, got it. it. I got all right. one. All right. Alicia Keys' "Songs in A Minor." 
Oh, you're gonna do this because Ed's not here. We can only bring this up because Ed is not here. He hates. Okay. It. He doesn't hate the album. He thinks it's overrated. Actually, I can. Before we get into that, can we just bring up this? This happened in our BBM chat um, a couple of weeks ago, where Ed said that the best. Did he say the best Alicia Keys album was the second album? Diary of Alicia Keys. He said that, right? Yep. And I disagree with that heavily. Well, that's for another time and another podcast when Ed is here. That's all I'm going to say, Ed. <laughs> I disagree with that. But as far as Alicia Keys' debut, I mean, we've spoken on it a couple of times. Probably, you know, with Ed here, it was a lot more negative than it is now. But I like that album. It was a cool album. I think, you know, you had mentioned the story about how you used to work at, what store was it? Circuit City. And how that album just went, that sold so fast. And I think at that time, Alicia Keys, she was just this cool chick from New York who put out these great songs. And um, yeah, that was a great album. Uh, I haven't listened to that album in a while, but from what I remember, it's one of those albums that still stand the test of time. And I think she's starting to get back to that sound. I think Alicia Keys has kind of fallen victim to that girl anthem type of record, like Girl on Fire, stuff like that. But I think she's starting to get back into her her uh, her vibe and, and her element with this new project that she's currently working on and uh i don't know if she can replicate what she did on that debut album because that was just a special time for her but that's a great album like one of my favorite songs on there is um obviously the second single woman's work but uh jane doe which candy from escape wrote that was a great record too shout out to our boy crucial keys who produced the whole album uh it's just one of those it's it's a classic i mean I, i don't know how you can argue with that it was her debut, 01. She released Fallen. And, um, you know, it, it was, she just took off from there. I actually didn't like Fallen as much as some, some people did. But she had some, this, I can't really argue with any of the songs on this album. I have a, one of my personal favorites is Mr. Man with Jimmy Cozier. Shout out to Jimmy Cozier. He's still around doing his thing. And I like Girlfriend, which was produced by Jermaine Dupree. With the ODB sample on there. And little known fact that Jermaine had originally signed Alicia back in the day, years before. Um, I think through his father's imprint. And, you know, it didn't work out. And then she got this deal on, uh, I believe it was J Records under Clive Davis. And she became yep. a star. So, really good album. You know, one of my personal favorites. Your boy Warren Campbell produced a song in here. Oh, yeah, he did. Yep. And, uh, yeah, really good project. Yep. All right. Are we ending with this or that? We'll call it rapid fire. Let's go. Hold on. Tom's rapid fire mode. I don't think you're ready for this one. Probably am not. This is the (laughs) genuine edition. Oh, man, and for those who don't know, I'm a huge Genuine fan, so I don't know if I'm ready for this. Pony or I'll Do Anything? Um, wow. Um, <laughs> all right, so first of all, Pony is a classic song, and, um, you know, that's that's the song that made Genuine, but from a song standpoint, I don't know how you can go wrong with I'll Do Anything. I'm sorry. Static is turning over in his grave right now. And Missy is just 
holding a championship belt. <laughs> same old G. I already know the answer to this one, but same old G or so anxious? Oh, you got to go with so anxious on this one. I mean, Tom, I know it took you a minute to really like so anxious, like 12 years later. But, hey, let's face it. That record is amazing. Static went crazy on that song and Genuine did his thing, too. Name the four people who are on the song Best Man I Can Be. All right. Genuine, Tyrese, RL, and ooh, Case. He did it. I Moving did it. on. Moving on. <laughs> Differences or just because? Just because? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Differences. <laughs> First of all, we're going to get into a, a, a topic sooner or later called um, – you know, songs that should have been singles on an album just because should not have been a single. Nor should a tribute to a woman. Was that a single? Yes. It was? It charted. Wow. I'm looking at the singles here. Well, well, there it is. Why was that the lead Uh, single? That was a single. Moving on. Uh, Ooh. In Those Jeans or Hell Yeah? Oh man! <laughs> yeah. Should we should we dig deep into Jenny Wise's career right now? Is this what we're gonna no, have to do? No, you just need to pick and move on. All right, but you promised me the next segment, the next podcast we have, we're talking about this. Yes, I'm gonna go with in those jeans. Now, at the time, we had this conversation. Um, You're going off tangent. We're in rapid fire mode. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, I, I'm going with in those jeans, but it just reminded me of um of something we had talked about not too long ago where we were like, you know, there's songs that we used to love back in the day. And now that we're a little more mature or our ears have developed, we've just realized those songs weren't really that great. Like hell yeah is one of those songs. I used to like that song. But now that I look back, I'm like, I don't really like that song. And I know a song that comes to mind for you is one twelve's peaches and cream. <laughs> we're continuing with the, with the, with the contest here or with the, right. uh, when we make love or I'm in love. I'm in love, although I don't think anyone remembers either. There. And it's uh, a good thing. Last chance or get involved? Last chance, absolutely. That was a great record, actually. What could have been, or I don't think there was a second single on this album. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what could have been? That's about Jenny Wine's career right there. Yep. Um,. We haven't done a food discussion in a while, and I'm currently eating, so it's only yeah, eating. We hear you uh, smacking the bowl with the spoon. Yeah, I'm eating some chicken with some with some greens, so it's pretty good. Mm. How's that? Uh, how's that no beef pork diet coming along? Good. I don't miss yeah. it at all. You feeling better? Although I almost ate a bison burger last week. Wow. Does that count? Yeah. Okay, I didn't need it, though. Wow. Are you ready for this? Yep. All right. So I'm not sure if you read, but um, I read on Facebook that Burger King offered or proposed to McDonald's an, an idea, I think, in September where they wanted to align midway through. Where's McDonald's? And I'm going to have to research on this, but pretty much they proposed the idea of putting together for one day only a Whopper and a Big Mac combined. 
So it's like the best of both worlds, and they were going to work together to create a McWhopper. I so have no, I have no reaction to that. Yeah, of course you don't. So, uh, moving on then. <laughs> one of the favorite, so you just ruined that thing. But one of your favorite uh, places to hit up is Chipotle, right? I mean, it kind of got... There's one right next to SOBs, which I spend half of my lifetime at. So, yeah, but it kind of got played out. And okay. we moved on to Joe's Pizza. It's always been Joe's Pizza, but to Chipotle, are you more of a burrito eater or a bowl? Definitely burrito. It turns into a bowl after a while anyway. It is a bowl because if you try to eat the burrito, it kind of falls apart and you need a fork. So, yeah, you can't really eat that thing by holding it. Yeah. But it's nice to have the bread as an accessory with the meal. That's my opinion. So you're just going to take in the extra carbs? Yeah. You know, I'm pretty healthy. Right. I can I can use a few more carbs here and there. All right. Uh, all right, so we'll end it off since that was too easy for you. What is the best fruit? Uh, that's a tough one. I have a feeling you're going to say something like tomato. That's not a fruit, is it? That is fruit. But it comes in a salad. And salad is all vegetables. You can put strawberries in a salad. Ew. Who does that? I'm eating some right now, actually. In a salad? Yeah. Strawberry salad. Dude, people put apples in their sandwiches. Well, what is salad anyway? You you have stuff like... Potato salad. salad. Apples. Yeah. Salad. That's disgusting. So... I don't even know what egg salad is. Egg salad egg is bad. Salad. <laughs> just like a pile of mayonnaise. But anyway, I'm anyway, going with... <laughs> Get back on topic. I'll go with the uh, banana. Banana? That's like the lazy person fruit. It can't go wrong with a banana. Yeah, I know, I guess, but that's, that's what you eat when you're lazy and you don't want to be peeling. I mean, you don't want to be biting stuff. You know, you just peel yeah, it and you just eat it. Here's the deal, though. An orange, you can't eat an orange without making a huge mess. An apple, an apple, unless you can slice it into pieces, you have to, like, injure your teeth to even eat it. True story. Yep. You can lose a I teeth. I mean, what else? <laughs> you can lose a teeth uh, biting an apple. Now, strawberries... I don't know what those black pit things are that, that are in them, but it's nasty. Come on. You know, they get in your mouth. They get in your teeth. It's just gross. Actually, grapes are pretty good, but only the green ones. What's wrong with the red ones? Eh. All right. Gross. So you're going with the banana? Yep. See, I'm, I'm personally problem, a str Yeah, go on. The, the, the problem with the banana is... You buy them sometimes, and, and they're they're like brown. They have like brown spots on them. And yeah, it's just like you have to throw it out. I mean, what are you gonna yeah. eat around? It's just gross. Man, this guy's picky when it comes to everything, even fruit. <laughs> fruit problem. Hashtag. Yeah. What about grapefruit? Are you a grapefruit fan? I mean, or, I never even had one my whole life. I kind of figure you don't explore outside your box and. I guess grapefruit nope. wouldn't be outside your box. All right, anyway, 
I think we're going to wrap up this podcast. It's got out of hand. Um, we'll do another podcast soon with Ed, I promise. And, um, you know, for everyone listening, thank you for your support. Um, Tom, what do we have going on? You know, I got so – we just have too much stuff going on. Um, yeah, we just have a lot of stuff coming. We have a lot of interviews in the vault that we're going to put out soon. Uh, just going to keep going with this R&B support. You know, it's that's what it's all about. And just keep sticking with us. Yep. And, you know, for us, we're always busy attending different concerts and covering different events. Um, I actually just came back from Miguel's Wild Heart tour. That was amazing, actually. Like, I've seen Miguel live, and he's just one of the better live performers. So you guys should definitely check that out. But, um, yeah, like you said, Tom, we just have a lot of interviews in the works. And, um, you know, we're going to start featuring some more guests on these podcasts. I think we've developed a chemistry on our own. Now it's time to bring in some people to bring in a different perspective. So stay tuned for that. And, uh, you know, aside from that, that's all we've got. So if you guys have any questions, hit us up. Um, you know, all of our podcasts can be found on our website, can be found on iTunes, can be found on Podbean. So definitely check us out. And, uh, you know, we love to hear your feedback. So uh, with that all being said, I'm Kyle, that's Tom, and we are out.